11 o'clock comics episode 64 nice nice strong yoo-hoo woohoo I I am I'm I'm giddy tonight is that giddy Giddy happy or giddy drunk? Um, well, one leading into the other, uh, and we'll talk about it here. I have not looked forward to a week of comics like this. Oh, in you're a you're really blowing it, buddy. Time. Oh. Well, no, they're not. This, that's all right. The music you'll hear, Chris, talk about we'll that, and we'll teach to it. You'll hear uh, really Stevie. Want, I mean, awesome. Yeah. The nobody and and it was Wednesday and the art of Marco Giva. I mean, there's just so much. Stuff hey. out this week that's just all, and it so, wasn't so, even like there wasn't a huge you know? long list of, of what's shipping this week, but pretty much everybody that was selling something had something really strong. All the publishers, the Doug, the Doug Monkey Green. Oh Jesus! Did you see that? Well, did I was open, actually did, I, I was I was talking with Christian tonight. He was signing at uh, Challenger. So sweet. That's, yeah. And oh it's, my uh, God. I can't even find the words to to describe how nice Green Lantern looked. No, not for nothing. They could have they they could have resurrected Coletta from the dead, and I think it would have been a much nicer palate cleanser after the past couple months on Green Lantern. Oh, stop! Wow, <laughs> that's the only negative you'll hear from me tonight. We can go forward Damn. now. Hey, everybody! Guess what time it is? It's eleven o'clock, comics, and I am Vince B. I'm Vince B. The Vince B with nothing with nothing witty to say after my name. That's right. It's I'm Christopher Neesman, and as as Vince said, it's eleven o'clock comics, not eleven o five comics. Jason, ooh, nut shot. Um, (laughs) I'm David Price, and I am uh, I'm in a good mood, and I hope to keep it that way. Amen. And I'm Jermaine Jackson, and I'm sad. Oh, jeez, we're all sad. No, 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 don't you be speaking for me. I know. You are you are not Jermaine Jackson. You are Jason Wood. Those of us Blast that are sad. Those of us that have a soul are sad. How about that? Farrah Fawcett got screwed in that whole deal. That's oh, all yeah. I'm So did Ed McMahon. Yeah, it was, it was a, and Carl Malden. Yeah, it was a bad week. And Steve McNair. You shut your whore mouth while Billy Mays is speaking. Billy Mays. Oh, <laughs> you hear about that today, Wood? About, about the, Mc, the McNair thing? Oh, yeah. 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 Yes, yeah, yeah Mur- yeah, his um, murder was his the case 20, that she gave me. Yeah, and, his tw- his twenty year old mistress shot him. Yeah, and because really? he was stepping out on yeah. her. By the way, yeah, <laughs> leave it mates to throw in a, a three for one. You know, say three die. We're just throwing in three. <laughs> Dude, all very I know nice. Is if you're gonna step out, don't step out on your step out because look what happens. Yeah, word. <laughs> so someone's gonna be making a song about that soon. Shit yeah, has exactly. a way of boomeranging. So yep. yeah, let's get into it. Unless we, oh no, we can't get into it because we didn't do the, the business. And the business is, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is sponsored by DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service, where you can get your favorite comics and assorted fandom items at huge, colossal discounts delivered straight to your door by, come on. A uniform gentleman. No, a uniform yes. custodian of the United Parcel Service. That's DCBService.com. Huge That's discounts. For you. 35, 40, 50, sometimes 75% off. They're good people, and 
It's a good service. It's the best service, actually. DCBS. All right. That's true. And oh, and but, but uh-huh. this weekend, when you're listening to this, this weekend is DCBS's LCS's 10 year anniversary sale. So if I you know. happen to be in the right. Fort Wayne, Indiana area, you can go there and get up to 90 percent off on scratch and dent and massive discounts and everything else. I'm living the comic fans' dream this weekend. You're going to be there. I get to spend seven hours in a car with not just John Suntress, but yes, Mike Norton too. Oh Lord! <laughs> we're driving. We're driving to Fort Wayne, and uh, and yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be at the uh, the DCBS sale. So I'm looking forward to uh, to reaping the the benefits of ninety uh, percent off trades and ten cent back issues and five dollar t shirts. And- I'll send you my list. Uh, hey, um, can all three of you fit in your well, Prius? Doesn't it have a sunroof for for? Oh, oh nice. dude, dude, dude! Norton's driving, and and he's got like uh, one of those uh, like Hummer limo things. Damn, yeah. DC exclusives, yeah, right? <laughs> no wonder price comics are going up to three ninety nine. There you go. Norton rides in style. Come on, you don't uh, screw around. It's probably the only car big enough to hold him. Mm. Word to your mother, Dennis. <laughs> really. But anyway, uh, I was going to say, even with mm-hmm. the gas split three ways, if you're going to do that, it's still you're still making out good because it's ninety percent off. That's oh, yeah, nuts. We're, yeah, we're we're going to have a good time. I may even take the I may even take the recorder and do a, a supplemental um, uh, road road trip episode. I mean, God, we're going to be in the car for seven hours that day, so might as well. Yeah. We'll, get at least, for we'll, we'll get it. We'll get at least like five <laughs> ten, five or ten <laughs> minutes of, of usable stuff out of that. So. Uh. Uh, if you give it to me, I'll use it all. See, that's how I roll. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> drink roll call, Chris. Yes, drink roll call. David. Uh, rum and uh, uh, grapefruit juice because I don't have the rest of the ingredients for Hemingway daiquiri. Okay. Uh, uh, that's that's fine. It's still you know, plenty it's, it's, tasty. It's the beginning of summer. It's you know you kind of you, you work with what you got just to yep. quench your thirst and. It's yeah, yeah, rum and grapefruit. I would have that right now. I need some grapefruit juice around here. Um, Vince, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Pepsi Max, buddy. Nice, Good straight. Freedom. I'm taking it hard and straight. Pepsi Max, right out of the can. That's how you always like it, though. It's not you betcha. Hard a little and bit straight. of bend in it. Yeah, sweet, uh, Mister Wood. I am having a little Stoli vanilla mixed into my Diet Dr Pepper. Okay. Very good, and congratulations, um, both of you guys. I think collectively you have uh, you've lost, lost a fanboy. Like, yeah, you've lost pounds. a fanboy collectively. Yeah, pretty yes, much, sir. Yeah. Yeah. But as I told him on the forum today, he was looking fine before he went on the diet. Uh, so he's only going super tight and right though. You're going to be looking super tight. Yeah. All I know yeah, yeah. is the wife. The wife's been quite flirty the last few days, which tells uh, me uh, she has been. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roman hands, if you know what I'm saying. Stepping out, I'm stepping out here. <laughs> and uh, I'm having a uh, uh, bourbon and ginger ale, just nice. because I really? felt like How's that taste? Nice. How's that taste? It, it, uh, it's delicious. Yeah, it's it's it, probably my favorite my favorite carbonated uh, bourbon drink. Uh huh. I'm a fan of the of the bourbon and RC, but uh, but bourbon and, gin- and bourbon and ginger ale. That's kind of a traditional. Uh, a lot of you'll find a lot of people in Kentucky will mm-hmm. uh, drink their bourbon that way. Actually, uh, Jim Beam's wife or daughter, I forget which generation. That's how she drank her bourbon. Was with ginger ale. Uh huh. Now, how are you? I was worried about you that you might not show up tonight because you'd be too distraught over the Rock Creek news. So 
Are you oh, uh, okay? Oh, not not Knob Creek. Knob Creek. Knob Creek. Creek. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is that is that bourbon has got has become so incredibly popular and in vogue over the last few years is because people have realized how uh, vastly superior it is to scotch and <laughs> and so they're drinking a lot more of it but the thing is it takes a while to age so they're having some shortfalls with some of the more premium bourbons which actually i was i was kind of kind of joking about the scotch thing i, I do like bourbon more but one of the interesting things um about bourbon is that i mean it's a basic corn it's corn whiskey it, it's it's sour mash, and it's gotten really expensive, and it's just all on market value, and it just pisses me off because corn whiskey should never be as expensive as it is sometimes. I mean, a good bottle of bourbon can run you anywhere from 45 to upwards of $120 for a fifth. Damn. For like, yeah. for like Maybe. Yeah, the, the the more premium ones, and it's it's ridiculous. It's like it's sour mash whiskey. Yeah, but you make yours in your own bathtub, so it's not a big deal. Mm. No, 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 no. Maybe bur- those bur- companies need a little bit of that stimulus shit that's going around. Why not? We're giving it to everybody well, some, else. Some, everybody else is getting it. Yeah. Hey man, Except that's us. the thing. That that's the thing about about alcohol is it's recession proof. Man, when when times are good, people drink. When times are bad, people drink. A lot of comic geeks are going to be turning in their old jalopies right before San Diego Comic Con, I think, so they get that cash for trash and go buy comics. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Daryl. Um, all right, I just read Cap 600. I enjoyed the Ed Brubaker story. I enjoyed the the main story, which was good, and I'm looking forward to Cap coming back. I enjoyed the Roger Stern story that dealt with um, Bernadine, and and it gave a little bit of back when I was collecting Cat, you know, when he was living like an artist and his identity was secret and all that. I enjoyed that. I didn't need the Stan Lee story. I didn't need the Alan Frost little story, which is the origin that I've heard 1,500 times. I didn't need all that to make me have to pay five fucking dollars for a comic when I could have just, I would have rather paid three dollars and got the main story because that's really what I wanted. But to get the story, you have no choice. You have to pay the the, the crazy price, the overprice. Why does the Marvel give you a choice? Fill it up with the stories, all that back matter, you know, people that want that, charge them that five, six dollars, and put out a book where it's just 22 pages, and it's three dollars. Why don't I give us a choice? See what happens. Let, let, let the people decide if they want a book full of stories, a whole bunch of other stories, or just the main story. That's all I'm saying. I mean, comics are not cheap to be doing stuff like that. Especially when you want the story. You want to know what's going to happen with Cap. So, that's, that's all I'm saying. But whatever. Later. Hey, it's Daryl again. And I want to say it's sad that we're going to lose Captain Britain and my 13. And I really think that book got lost. We lost that book because of the raise in price. 
Because when people have to choose between whether I'm going to get the Dark Rain books, which all the Bendis books that are, that are main Dark Rain, all of them shits are $4. And when you have to choose between that and other books that are not really in the mainstream continuity, people leave them shits to the side. And those books suffer because of it. And case in point, you lose a good book like Captain Britain. So that's the ones who suffer. I know Marvel, you know, people can say you don't have to buy the books and whatever, whatever, because of the price. And they can, it's a business. They can do what they want, and they can't. But because of stuff like that, you lose books, good books. They fall by the wayside sometimes, especially when they're not in the main story. They're not really tied to any any big event. And it's sad that that's happening to the book. So, later. What's speaking of? Let's, let's talk about some comics. Yeah, before we get into the topic that we're obviously going to talk about this week, I just want to say one thing. It was so... I know it was overshadowed by that other thing that came out today, but in the Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 36, <laughs> it was so cool to see Pat Olaf and Andy Lanning draw spider-man again and i know they've been doing olaf's been doing the the spider-girl stuff for you know a while but this story is really cool and you have to read it because mr guggenheim lanes lays the groundwork for the triumphant return of someone we haven't seen in a long time i know i know who it is that's all i'm gonna say magneto no it was very very nice to see mr olaf on amazing amazing proper again and or as Vince too. likes to say, Magneto. <laughs> yeah, Magneto. Yeah. Magnet, Magneto. Don't, yeah. uh, don't actually, you be going there. <laughs> let me see here. Actually, Marvel had comics that came out today? Yeah, not too many. I, no. Holy <laughs> shit, I bought, I bought, no, seriously, this is weird. I didn't even notice this leaving. I bought exactly one Marvel comic today, and that was The, the Stand. You didn't get uh, Amazing Annual? No. Nah. Oh, nah. Chris. And then, David, in about three weeks, he's going to be writing, talking to us about, how did this guy come back? I didn't know. I didn't even see this coming. If you read it, you'd see it. You know, I may be in the minority. I know I'm in the minority. The American Sun storyline has really just bored the shit out of me. Oh, you are definitely in the minority. Oh, yes, my friend. People aren't even reading it love that storyline. No, I sat down down to read it, and it's just like, I'm so not into anything that has to do with Norman Osborn right now. And I was just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to sound like a curmudgeon, so I don't want to, I don't want st- to, I, let's not even go there. I, but, I, but see, I, 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 will, I will pick up Spider-Man on the next story arc because American Sun <gasps> kind of lost me. I just, I wasn't digging it. Wow, I think American Sun is going to be the fulcrum that drives the, the stories for a couple of months. All right, I'll come, oh. back, in, I'll come back in two, three months then. That's that's cool. Ooh, I don't know, buddy. The beauty of comics, fellas. There's so many great ones. If something's not working yep. for you, you've got to read it. Can yeah, we that's... talk about the awesomeness that came out this week? Obviously, Chris is talking about Wednesday Comics. Hell and... yeah! <laughs> After about three minutes with this thing, I said to myself, Jeff Johns can knock it out of the park with Blackest Night, and Captain America can, can come back, and it, it could be the one of the greatest Captain America stories ever told. With the publication of this first issue, DC has clinched the spotlight for the entire year. For me. In my opinion, yeah. too. 
Th- yeah. th- it's it's not just uh, an ev- an average everyday issue of something that came out. It's a sea change in in publishing. It really is. I think it's it's cool because I uh, I went to two comic shops tonight. When I usually go to Challengers and Dark Tower on on Wednesday nights, and I had actually called another shop to see if they had it, and all three stores completely sold out. Oh, and, that's awesome! And what I'm hearing is that they're getting people coming in off the street that saw it in USA Today mm-hmm. that that are picking them up, and it's I think it was under ordered. By a lot of oh, shops. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. I, I think that people really wanted to to check it out. Now, I'm I'm hoping that DC overprinted the shit out of these because Mark at Dark Tower already said that he was he said he was ordering 17 more copies, and I would tell him I was like, dude, I I would order double that because I got a feeling this is going to be an eBay item in the next week. I just got a I got a gut feeling about that. But what I think is interesting is I think that stores may over-order for issue two because my fear is that a lot of people are going to pick this up out of curiosity and then you're either going to have people that won't come back that just aren't regular comic book readers. And then the other part of it is I think a lot of comic book fans are going to look at the paper quality of this and they're going to not understand that this isn't terrible paper. No, it's and not I terrible paper. And, and, I, and I don't want to get into a paper debate, but I think <laughs> a lot of people are going to get the, the wrong the wrong impression by thinking that this is no more than just like normal newspaper stock, which it certainly you know is very similar to. But I, th- I think that the I think that the the paper is going to scare some people off. Unfortunately, yeah. no, you're right, Chris. It's not bad paper. I, I love the fact that it's uncoated. So the glare is not an issue, but the, <laughs> one of the things I like best about it is, if you notice, it's slightly wider, but by the about an eighth of an inch, it's slightly wider than a, a standard size comic, so it's not going to fit in a regular bag. Maybe yeah. a, a Silver Age or, uh, um, like Jason said, a magazine bag, but that defeats the whole purpose, I think, of this thing. You don't want to put it in a bag. You want to manhandle it and reread it and love it and hold it tight. And then later on, you can buy the collected edition. See, that's another smart thing. Printed on this paper, which I think is the same paper that they use for the, the Kirby um, archive things, the, like the fourth world a little bit. Uh, about the, what about the Vertigo shirts? I shall do a side-by-side comparison. I think the paper in the... Um, eh, you know, it's actually pretty darn close. Yeah, it's, it, it has a nice little tooth to it, and it, hold, yeah. it obviously holds the color very well from what we see. But it, it's, it should not be treated with kid gloves because it's a, it's a manly publication. Mm. For those who don't know, <laughs> it's a standard, roughly a standard size comic folded out to 14 by 20. And it contains 15 glorious stories. What are going to be serialized 12 part stories. One page per story, which in the case of The Flash, it's two stories which combine for one story. (laughs) Which was awesome. Yeah. You know, it's really hard for me to to just breeze through this. Every page is something special. And we we like to to gauge things on, on, you know, favorite, least favorite, somewhat favorite. There's really. With the exception of one or two, I can't choose which one what, I like what, the best. What I love about it is that it really does capture the feeling of of sitting back with the uh, with the Sunday comic strips yep. with the you know that your your Sunday comic pages. Which I mean, those are all those, those are all strips and and not you know big beautiful massive you know single page 
um, yeah. story, but it's still the idea of I'm gonna get you know a chunk of the story. It, it's so different from how we're we've been trained to read comics now, which is in either 22 page chunks or to you know to spread out over what uh, 2460 a hundred and you know whatever pages, uh, 130 pages for a story. I mean these are gonna be 12 page stories that you're gonna get enough in each individual page to sate you for a week and I love it's so different than what we're used to reading but I absolutely loved it and and just the idea of I've got a page here and it's not going to tell a whole story but it's going to tell enough of a story for this week and you got a perfect intro to that with the Azarello and Rizzo Batman story on the front I think is was the perfect intro to uh, to Wednesday comics. The only thing that has me concerned with the Rizzo story is they shortened the the artwork to make <laughs> room no banner. to to make room for the banner. So uh-huh. what's going to happen when this is collected? Is the Batman going to no, be I, I, a, of a different size, or are they just going to reprint the masthead? I think you reprint think the masthead, the masthead See, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I I think it would be I think it would be a shame if they when they collect this to put all. 12 pages of each story uh, together, I think it should be collected in, in, in its 12 editions. I, yeah. uh, I, I love the separation between the pages. That's how, they're, that's how they're written. That's how they're being printed. And I think that, I think that it's kind of actually important to have that, that time and space in between each page. They're not meant yeah. to be read concurrently. They're meant to be read weekly. While we're on the subject of the masthead, how about that big ass type comics? What is that? About seventy-two point type? It's maybe, big. maybe yeah. a, little, a little bigger on a on a brilliant red background. I mean, when you're reading this in public, let your freak flag fly. There's nobody <laughs> that's not going to see that and say, "Oh, you know, that dude's reading comics because it's huge, oh, yeah. big, big as day." Comics. You know, this this is what we were meant for. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Be, well, be it, proud it, of be proud of saying the word. You know? That's right. You know, David, uh, in our forums this week or today, he posted an article from what was it Vanity Fair? David, is that where they're yes. from? Yeah, uh, and it was just uh, it was an article by a guy who was basically saying that while electronic readers are cool and all that, and iPods are cool, it's sort of taking away your ability to relate to someone on the subway or say, "Oh, look what they're reading," or you know, have someone surprise you with what they're reading or listening to or what have you. But it just—I was thinking of—I ju- was juxtaposing that article from this morning with my experience coming home tonight because I stopped in I mean I ordered Wednesday comics from DCBS but I, I was so excited for it I did stop at Midtown on the way home and I picked up the issue and then you know I'm 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 riding home and you know guys sit next to me and you know big crowded uh commuter and, and I, I it was so fun to pull out this giant newspaper and you know just like old school you had to I had to you know fold the paper and try and not get in his way and not get in his face and clearly everyone could see I was reading a giant comic book and it was a lot of fun and it, uh, it, a little sense of pride there you know and I it was just it was nostalgic even though you know I didn't I mean I, we never really read comics that way other than comic strips in the Sunday paper as Chris said but it was just fun it felt it felt throwbacky in a way that I didn't expect it to mm-hmm. and uh, it was a real joy just the experience of reading it was a joy I got a little bit of windburn from the Wayback Machine do, do you know what reading this made me feel and this is going to date me but any of you ever read the Monster Times? Um, no. In the early 70s, it was a bi-weekly, and I think at one point it was 
yeah, it was bi-weekly newspaper devoted to fantasy and science fiction, comics, movies. Uh, do a, do a Google search for the Monster Times. I, I felt like I was on the back porch again reading the Monster Times with my, my hands and my arms falling asleep from holding the damn thing up over my head. <laughs> it, 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 it was a good, a good feeling. It was a really good feeling. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't just you don't just flip flip this open and hold it in one hand. I mean, it is it is old school newspaper. What um, what was your favorite, Vince? You got a, you got a, fa- a favorite page? Uh, wow. yeah, here I, you know, you, here here you go. If there were one page in this that you could buy the original art for, what would it be? Yikes! That's a really tough question because. If I don't go with Ryan Sook, people will be like, what the hell? But I, I, I have to say, and, and this is no slight against the prodigious talent the guy has displayed on his covers for Exiles for Marvel, I have to say Dave Bullock shocked the shit out of me with that Dead Man page. It, yeah, it was, it was nice. It was hey, what, what, was your was your dead man page? No, 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 not the dead man page. Um, was your elongated man page? Not elongated man. Damn, metamorpho. Metamorpho. Was your metamorpho page slightly out of registration? No, no, no. Nor was mine. Although I've heard other people say that, Chris. I, I was thinking it was almost intentional because I mean that happens right. in newspapers, which so, is cool. Uh, yeah, it's. I actually kind of liked it because it's. Well, that happens in newspapers. So, but I'm sorry. Go ahead, uh, Dead Man, Dead which Man. was awesome. I mean, uh, we've seen his artwork. He he has displayed ginormous talent. But this Dead Man page is there. The mark of greatness is right before my eyes on this page. This Dave Bullock is going places. It, it's like. Uh, Alex Toth filtered through Darwin Cook and say, and yeah. Jose. Um, right, Mun- it looked a lot like Darwin Cook, I thought. Yeah, and Ho- Jose Munoz from uh, Joe's Bar. It's it's an amazing, exceptional page. But again, you could say that about most of these pages. Yeah, um, I was going to say the. Uh, I love. You're going to laugh because of my history here. I loved the Metamorpho page. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, that that all red stuff was gorgeous. I love definitely a Silver Age feel to that. Mm-hmm. Love the demon and Catwoman, which was uh, what was a stealth freeze, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, Vince. The dead man, whew, crazy. Um, but I think my favorite actually was was Quinones, uh, Joe Quinones on uh, Green Lantern. I really, loved, I love that throwback cartoony look. I loved it. You know that that had. Um, I mean, they're definitely going with the um, the kitsch. Um, lounge feel with that, mm-hmm. which I thought was awesome. It, it, there's even, you know, it's definitely a lot of um, New Frontier going on in that one. They're, I mean, that is, that that's what they're going for. They even say New Frontier in it, and that's the, the era that they're going for. So, yeah, I, I really love that feel. It's uh, uh, one, of the thing, one of the reasons I love Hawaiian Deck. I just love that, you know, 1950s lounge mm-hmm. uh, atmosphere is awesome. Is that the one that you would buy? Uh, I'd probably buy the Metamorpho. Okay, uh, I mean, the, the but, yeah, but that would be pretty damn expensive. So I'll say, <laughs> <laughs> with money, money being no object. But no. Well, then, yeah, Metamorpho. The the expanded okay. format of this thing is affording most of these artists who decided to take advantage of that expanded format the opportunity to explore the medium. Be, be, if you look at the the, the uh, Stelfreeze page, he he spends a lot of energy detailing the interior of those rooms that's not something that he would be able to do on a standard size comic sure sure 
you know, you get the interior design, uh, the the wicked attention to detail, just the just the way those rooms, like the furniture. Look at the lush interior of those things. Oh yeah. And 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 Kyle Baker, who did the exact opposite. He used a super wide, very deep panel to illustrate basically the air around Hawkman and and his flock, which is brilliant. And and some of these guys, like on the front with uh, Rizzo. He he does this scattershot blitzkrieg of these tiny panels, which you wouldn't normally associate with someone who has the ability to fill up this huge space. But he, he drops down these tiny panels, and he gets this claustrophobic effect that really works well with yeah, well that, what I mean that, yeah, Azarello's that, doing with the narrative. Yeah, because yeah, that's I mean that's going to be a talky 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 strip with I mean that's going to be all crime noir so there's going to be a lot of dialogue in yeah. that strip with Azarillo. So and then Ryan Sook with the commandy it's like Hal Foster lives yeah that's you know Prince Valiant it, it looks like a Prince Valiant page yeah. and this wide panorama of commandy's post great disaster earth it's just gorgeous stuff and it, and, I, it, and it follows directly after the Batman story so mm-hmm. it's like there it's like this really intense claustrophobic beginning to it and then you get to this really beautiful you know uh, widescreen panoramic strip it's it's gorgeous it's almost great, great cheerful decision. which is not something you associate with commandy's world but just just the way the sun is setting behind the the homage to jack's first double page spread in, in commandy and and the way the light's filtering through which we art by ryan sook does it, it he, he did the coloring too on this right because oh, it, it so. just says story dave gibbons art ryan sook Thank so you. the way he pulled the 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 setting sun between those two collapsed buildings that's really sweet it's it's Dude. stunning it's a stunning page hey 11 o'clock comics guys this is adam uh darth willis on the forums just gone to see what let y'all know what i've been up to uh I live close to Knoxville, Tennessee, and they had a small convention down there called uh, AdventureCon this past weekend. So I went down there, and uh, they had a huge trade paperback sale, 50% off of everything. So uh, I picked up uh, Jack of Fables, Volumes 3, 4, and 5, Dynamo 5, Volume 1, uh, the second trade of Grant Morrison's JLA run, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so I picked up a couple of Star Wars trades. I also met a pretty interesting uh, artist down there. His name is uh, John Tyler Christopher, and he's with uh, Studio Revolver, uh, which is the same studio that uh, George Janty and uh, Dexter Vines and several other artists are with. And, uh, he does some pretty good work. He said he's going to be working on the... Uh, some upcoming Witchblade covers. So Vince, big Witchblade fan, I think you'll like his stuff. He uh, showed me his process, what he does, and it's uh, he, you know, uses pencils, and then he inks and colors everything digitally. He didn't have any original art for sale. I'd probably bought it, but I did buy a uh, print that he had of uh, Zatanna, and it was really cool, and I got that. And uh, I'm going to post, probably post something on the forum to uh, for his website, and 
it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, that's about all I had to say. Uh, keep up the good work. I'll keep listening. See ya. Hey, guys, this is uh, Adam again, uh, Darth Willis on the forums. I forgot to mention I got uh, the first uh, Deadpool trade, the Secret Invasion story, and uh, with the rest of the trades that I got from AdventureCon. And uh, I read it, the first thing I read when I got back, and it was awesome, really good. I'm probably going to get the rest of the series in trade. Uh, I read a couple of the Star Wars books I got, and... Uh, the rest is Regina. So I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. I love the body, the the body little bits in the metamorpho. Story. Oh, double entendres all over Dude, the place. Dude, it was thing. great, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, when when he says she she could never resist a, a giant clam. I mean, that's freaking. Yeah, and she's hoping the, for a pearl necklace. Yeah, woman, she's always yeah. hoping for a, a giant pearl necklace. I mean. <laughs> What oh, woman doesn't? O'Neill Gaiman, you dirty, dirty you, you little naughty boy. Yeah. But, I mean, um, we, we do have to sprinkle our praise with a little bit of constructive criticism, I think. And this is just because it's surrounded by superlative work. Mm-hmm. I think Amanda Connor kind of dropped the ball. Uh, I totally agree. There were two I thought that stood out for, and again, these, it's, 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 I think, were they not surrounded by exquisite exceptional art it may not have been as apparent but i think mm-hmm. the amanda connor supergirl and the teen titans totally agree uh, i thought those two it was like which one of these things doesn't belong here i thought right. those two were were, were were fine comic book art but they didn't seem like true works of love like the other pages did right now i mean she has the unfortunate positioning in the magazine being next to mm-hmm. paul pope i i think jack kirby would have a hard time pulling off you know this pulling the spotlight away from Paul Pope, and then the uh, Sean Galloway is positioned directly opposite from Mike Allred. Another tough act to follow, but they the Teen Titans page is very nice, but it just it 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 doesn't mesh well with a lot of the other things in here. It's of a different tone. It's obviously it's manga esque. Mm. Which is not a slight. It's it's very well done, but it's, it just seems to be lacking something, that spark that the other pages have. And the same thing with the Amanda Connor. It's drawn really well, but it's the 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 rest of the strips in this edition are not the typical output we're we're used to. Even like I was going to say this when you mentioned Brian Stelfreeze, I think this is a high water mark for him. This is some of the oh, absolute yeah. best Stelfreeze work I've ever seen. Wow. And, and, really. And, and um, Joe Kubert, who has done stunning work in the past, one of the greatest comic artists ever, pulls off a massive page. It, 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 it's the epitome of power. It, mm-hmm. Rock gets punched in the face, and that's what you feel reading this thing. It's like a visual punch to the face. But all of these pages have really have something special with the exception of the Amanda Connor page and the Teen Titans one, there's just something missing, and I don't know what it is. You know the the Amanda Connor one, and it's and I like Amanda Connor's work. Oh, so but do I. I. But but whenever yeah, I do, I, I I really enjoy her work. But whenever they're putting together the teams on this, that was the one name I was like, hmm, okay. I can see it, I guess, but I, I she didn't have like the all star quality to begin with. But you know, I. It's not out of place with me in this because 
every page is different. Every page has a different style, mm-hmm. and and sh- I think that she really went after that Sunday comic strip feel. It's different than even the stuff that she's doing on on Power Girl. I really feel like she was trying to capture a certain, you know, a yeah, certain, it's cutesy. A certain yeah, I think right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is this is, you know, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not going to say the right comic strip, but you know, it, it's there, there's there's a strip out there that she's trying to to capture the feel of. I can see what they're trying to do, and I can definitely appreciate that. It's just hard whenever you're sandwiched in between Paul Pope and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Right, I mean, right. and, and you're do, and you're doing cutesy in between those. You know, it's it's kind of like playing a, a a really good bubblegum pop song in between Beethoven and the Beatles. It's it's yeah. just it's it's not going to carry the same amount of weight. But I, I appreciate what she did, I mean, and, and, and we'll see. And I, and yeah. I think it'll be a nice a nice strip. But yeah, it it kind of does have that that sore thumb. To it. But Jimmy so. didn't give her all that much to work with, from what I could see, because he saddled her with crypto, streaky, <laughs> in, in in a fairly yeah. m- mundane narrative for comics, and then you have all these fantastic elements appearing in all the other strips. I don't know. I, I don't want to slight Amanda Connor, but in in respect to all the other strips, if I had to pick one. That was on the bottom of the the hierarchy. I would pick the Supergirl page. Yeah. Hey, I I, t- I tell you what though, man. Think about how hard it is to draw a or not draw, but to write and draw. I guess a compelling one page story. Yep. That the reader is going to feel like they right. got enough of a story. It's hard enough in like three and four panel strips. I think that is that's that's absolutely brilliant whenever you're able to convey an ongoing story and get enough story in three panels. But you know, these pages, you know, I look at this Metalman page. That's a lot of story in mm-hmm. one page. And it's gorgeous. That's the page I would buy, by the way, because I think it is the one that is the epitome of what you can, you know, kind of accomplish in a mm-hmm. cartooning way with one page. And and Luis Garcia Lopez is a master. It is he is so good, yeah. so good. And on the facing um, page, one of the writer artists that kind of stacked the deck in their favor, Ben Caldwell, the Wonder Woman strip. There's a lot of dialogue in that. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that one page has more words than all the other ones combined. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, but it's stunning. It, it's gorgeous. Just this dreamlike quality to it that really works well. I'm taking it. It's a young Wonder Woman, and mm-hmm. we're going to be going on the journey with her and uh, on her path to uh, the hero that she eventually becomes. But I, I think it's stunning. It looks work. like a freaking Disney cartoon. It, it is does. so beautiful. But a good Disney cartoon, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Mm, I yeah. mean, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's like uh, absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. It is uh, more on the uh, oh, what's the um, uh, Sleeping Beauty kind of mm-hmm. uh, kind of Disney? Just absolutely gorgeous. And reading the Hawkman strip, I love the fact that it's narrated by the bird. But right, right. Th- did anyone get a Frank Miller three hundred vibe from this? You know how Frank kept repeating, "We march, we march." The bird keeps repeating, "We flap." It, it was like, you know, 300 seen through the eyes of a bird. It was pretty cool. And Power through in, repetition. And Kyle Baker, no damn slouch. How about, no, how the about, whole thing was a triumph. I mean, it was yeah. uh, 
it, I really do hope it, this is a smashing success. I, uh, our boy uh, Wraithmaker Raph Suhu was was working today, so I was talking to him for a bit, and I did ask him how it's how it's going. He said it is selling really well. Uh, he said not uh, the store wasn't as busy as a usual Wednesday, but he said that it seems like demand for this has been really strong. So hopefully, you know, hopefully it'll get the, re- the reception that it deserves. Carl Kershaw. We haven't even mentioned the Flash comic. It, it was nice to see it broken up into two chunks like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was almost like reading, you know, say, a Dick Tracy followed by a Mary Worth. And both yeah. of them connect, which is really cool. He made, they made really nice use of the page. I, I think it's going to, well, for, for people that don't know, there's, there's, two, there's two comics on this one page. It's the Flash. Uh, the, over, the overall banner, banner is Flash Comics, and there's two strips. There's the Flash and Iris West. So this is, this is the, the Silver Age Barry Allen, and so it is, it's the Flash uh, in a, a real quick story uh, fighting girl a grod and then he's late which barry allen is always late and it's about how it impacts his relationship with iris but then something happens to barry at the at the end of the the half page which i have a i assume will probably lead into the next the next page the in, in the next week so i i figure that they will be connected the entire way through but uh, carl kershaw should always draw the flash <laughs> but did you notice Forever. there's a there's a not so subtle stylistic change between the two tr- strips the, the the flash is very clean and streamlined and the iris west they use a lot of uh dot pattern and there's bigger panels and less of them and more reliance on shadows so it it's the same art team but different colorist i believe hmm well no, you know i i you know i don't know because McCaig is listed at the top in the overall right. banner, and then in the Iris West comic, it's uh, it's Kershaw and Fletcher. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Well, I will go to Gutter Zombie tomorrow, gutterzombie.com. That is uh, a great site for colorists that is run by Dave McCaig, and I will ask him if he colored that. Do that, and then report back that. here with your findings. And where should I report nice. back at? Well, we'll just bring it up next week. Uh, oh, oh, nice. Wait a minute. Boy, he, he just missed that. that. Missed that baton, didn't he? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> 11 o'clockcomics.com or forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Sorry, I was I was dazzled by this freaking artwork. I was just <laughs> I really was. And you know, that that's, you know, talking about, you know, I, I said that Carl Kurtzel should always draw the flash and that's and we're going to get into a lot of hyperbole. I mean, we're just we're going to slobber all over this thing, mm-hmm. and I don't, I I don't give a fuck. I'm <laughs> slo- I'm slobbering all over this, and I don't care because I'm so excited about it. But every time I I flip the page, it's like, oh man, that dude should always draw dead man. Oh, yep, that guy should all Allred should just do metamorpho for like the rest of his life and you just keep flipping all the way through here and it is these absolute masters of the medium and it i i you know if if Ezrarillo and Rizzo did every Batman comic from here on out I'd be happy you know and it's and it, you know I know that's not true but that's the feeling that you get it's like oh man they just paired these creative teams and, and totally worked to their strengths in each single page and it just works so well so it's really cool i've been looking forward to this for what eight months ago they announced it and it made my wednesday and uh, i still have a couple of them to read 
So I'm going to try and sit down and, and really uh, and really spend some time with it later. But uh, I would say uh, issue issue one of Wednesday Comics is is an absolute success in my opinion. Rousing success, totally yeah. huge success. Bravo to uh, Mark Chirello and uh, yes. all the creators. And I, I want to have Paul Pope's babies. I really. <laughs> There's something cool about Adam Strange, man, and he he's making a little back the old school with the little bit where the the wife's wearing a little kind of like the Conan barbarian type of costume. So. Yeah, it's a it's a mixture of John Carter and Adam Strange. Yeah. Yeah, it's hotness. He's a pimp. What's up, eleven o'clockers? It's Haas, Greg Rucker's number one fan. Guess what, Chris? I'm getting Greg's Wolverine run bounded. That's right. This whole entire run of Wolverine bounded. The run you never talk about because you're such a fan. But guess what, Chris? I don't think you are a fan. But when I get it bounded, you'll be sorry. You'll be sorry. Now, I'm going to leave now and leave a voicemail for around comments because no one called you but Fester. So, um, just watch out for me. Bye. If you guys ever have a chance, that's, um, I mean, some of the DC archives can get... It's a little laborious to read some of the Silver Age stuff sometimes, and the 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 archives. Whenever you're whenever you're dropping, you know, fifty dollars cover value, you know, whatever you get it discounted at, you know, Amazon or in stock or whatever, it's still a lot of coin. But the the Adam Strange archive is really good. It's one of them that I've read that I really enjoyed. It's some fantastic Carmine Infantino art. And, uh, I mean, th- this is not the same feeling of it art-wise at all. But uh, those are some wild, crazy-ass stories because they really are, you know, kind of a, you know, Conan meets Buck Rogers kind of thing. It's it's The Adam Strange stuff is really cool. There was more than one Adam Strange archive, wasn't there? Uh, I think there's been, yeah, I think there's been several. I've got the, yeah. I've got the first one. Me too. And it's really good. You know, I, I've come to have a greater appreciation for Carmine Infantino over the years mm-hmm. and over the last couple of years and that's you know people associate him with the Flash but uh, I mean he did Strange Tales for a long time didn't he Vince? I am not the biggest n- the most knowledgeable person on Carmine Infantino because like Frank Robbins back in the day I hated Carmine stuff hated <laughs> yeah oh flash looked all droopy and rubbery and just but it mm. was it was star wars the monthly star wars comic wow. that, that okay. made me love carmine infantino mm-hmm. david yeah. wasn't there um you had posted there was a really good infantino interview yes Not the on that. final in carmine infantino interview uh courtesy of uh i believe it's new york graphic it's on the forum it is labeled just that, uh, the final Carmine Infantino interview. Why, and it, why do they call that the final Carmine Infantino interview? I, I want to say probably because he's not, uh, I mean, he's he, he hasn't passed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is he sick? Well, it, I mean, when we saw him three years ago, uh, he's, I mean, he's slowed down a lot. He has trouble getting around, but. I saw it. It does have a question mark. Ago. It does have a question yeah. mark in 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 the blog title. Carmen Infantino's oh. final interview. Oh, I see. Mark. Okay. So, uh, but it's it's graphicnyc.blogspot.com. And uh, actually, a few months ago, they also uh, 
interviewed Walt Simonson, and and that was a fantastic read as well. So um, Walt, awesome. it was it was it was a pretty comprehensive interview with. Oh Herman. yes, I mean, I mean yes. it, 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 and maybe you know it was kind of the final word kind of thing, but it, it went all through his career, and uh, what a career, you know. From I mean, he was basically the artist that uh, ushered in the Silver Age, and yeah. he was an art director for DC. He was editor. He was a publisher. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that really did it all at yep. every level of comics, oh, yeah. and I, I he did some very unpopular things, but <laughs> I think whenever you look at the body work, cert- certainly one of the the ten most influential, maybe important figures in comics in, in the sense of the 50s. But he seems really conscientious about the way his tenure as EIC has been perceived by the fans. That's what I got from that interview. He's just like, so what do you, what, what do you think of my time as, as editor? Do you think that was largely well-received or not? Or what do people say? Like, the guy seems to actually care how people perceive his work. Well, you, you also have to think, I think, as you get older people start thinking more about their legacy and their place. So, I mean, a guy that yeah. gave, what, 50 years of his life to an industry and saw it go from fledgling to one of the biggest forms of, you know, pop culture entertainment to where it is now, he he probably is. A lot of creators is, you know, of his time probably are curious as to their impact. Yeah. yeah you, you, you don't do something that long without having you know, a passion and a love and a reverence for the medium that you work in. Yeah. And I think he understands his place in in comics history and with that kind of reverence for it, you would you would hope that that your place in history was was a good one. And, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it, yeah, I, I would be I would be worried because yeah, he did some things that people didn't like. He raised well, think the price of this of comics, way. you know? Yeah. That's true. Vince, There's a I mean, word of warning, Joe. <laughs> Vince, wouldn't you uh wouldn't you be upset if, if people didn't remember, you know, when all of a sudden done your your place in a revolutionizing glory whole sex? I mean wouldn't <sighs> so <laughs> No, see see to be honest, no. I w- if if I did do that, revolutionizing glory whole sex <laughs> and no one remembered, I probably if. wouldn't wouldn't be uh ticked off at if. all. If everyone forgets after I'm dead and gone, that we had a, a fairly popular podcast and we put a lot of time and energy into it, that would not bother me at all. I don't worry I thought, about I thought, stuff like I that. I thought you were going to say if people remember after I'm gone that we had a fairly popular glory hole, then <laughs> it'll be all good. <laughs> it's all about the angle, the angle of the dangle. Angle of hey, the dangle. That's right. Can I uh, um, You don't ask, men- you just do. Can just I mention a, a, an, another sellout? What's this whenever, now? Whenever I went to Dark Tower tonight, and I went up to the counter. I said, where's my Wednesday comics? And Mark said, we are sold out. And I was like, no, where is my Wednesday comics? <laughs> and he's like, oh, let me see if I can find one for you. And I was like, you're damn right. <laughs> and, I said, and I said, "I said, where is my copy of The Nobody? And he said, right oh, there. Shit. And, and I said, is this the only one you ordered? And he said, no, I ordered 10, and that is the last one. So, nice. yeah, yeah, so, Jeff. so, so, Dark Tower sold ten copies of the Nobody today, which came out, and that is, uh, of course, done by our good buddy Jeff Lemire, and it is very purdy. I, How does I it look? Not, it looks good. I have not read it; didn't have time, and it's one of those mm-hmm. that I, I really want to sit down and spend, you know, yeah. a few hours with, and yeah, it's you know, uh, uh, 
a nice, you know, pot of coffee and, mm-hmm. and you know, just sit down and really enjoy it. Uh, it looks absolutely gorgeous. It's a two-tone book. It's the nice. uh, it's it's yeah. it's black and white with the uh, with the blue tones to it. Uh, much like if you've seen some of the Parker previews. Uh, I was just going to say. Stuff. Yep, it is uh, a little bit different than Essex County. Not, uh, I mean, it's it's Jeff, it's Jeff Lemire stuff, and you get you get some of the some of the same looks and some of the character designs, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely has a dark tone to it. Uh, he experiments with some with some panels in there. It, it, it's gorgeous. It's it's Jeff Lemire. So, if you've read Essex County, you, you have a good idea what you're going to get. And the packaging, I will say that uh, Vertigo did an absolutely beautiful job on it, from the uh, from the dust jacket to the actual binding to it. Uh, the paper stock is fantastic, and it's 19.99. I I can't tell you what a value that is, even in comparison to some of the other uh, hardcovers that are out there. From just the quality standpoint of this, for twenty bucks, this is kind of steel. These days, twenty bucks for a hard cop- hardcover is way cheap. Yeah, mm, we've, and, we've been seeing a lot higher than that. And I, and I, and what I'm telling you is that it's not just a hardcover that is that that's twenty bucks. It is it's a hardcover that has had a lot of attention to detail and the quality mm-hmm. from you know from binding to paper stock to you know everything about it is is quality and it's absolutely beautiful on the interior so so kudos jeff lanier i know we've all been looking forward to this and it it was it was a payoff on the on the first glance i'll take a i'll take a read at it this weekend i got seven hours in a car coming up so i'm sure i'll be able to uh, maybe get through it Mm -hmm. this weekend so yeah this is the the one instance where the uh the delayed shipping really stings because now i have to wait till the end of the month to get my hands on that oh and it's a five wednesday month isn't it i think so (laughs) but i was going to say that one color treatment is becoming really popular again and you know at first glance it looks like oh it's really easy to do one color how hard can it be but you have to be really careful when you're using one color because the foreground and the background tend to flatten against each other because there's no depth because there's only one color so you have to be really judicious at where you place that that color in respect to other instances of the color so i i can i have nothing but respect to guys that can pull off one color um gabriel ba and fabio moon did yep. it uh, exceptionally well in casanova which geez i'm gonna forget the title of this so somebody please be prepared to pick me up here there was a gabriel ba, thank you uh a fabio <laughs> moon becky clunan and who else grandpa i'm not grandpa yeah, there you go <laughs> which came out today i did not buy it i will buy it next week it looked beautiful I had too much other stuff this week. Um, it looked gorgeous, and there was um, the uh, the Mazzucchelli book came out today. Nice. Ordered it. It's on its way, baby. Can't wait, all these are Did, coming on Friday, or I guess ha- next. Have you seen previews of it? Hell yeah! Yeah, it does it, not look like Mazzucchelli to me. It is so different in style from mm-hmm. anything I've ever seen uh, him do before. I don't know, but have you seen the Rubber Blankets? No. Okay. Oh. Well, it's in the it's in the rubble better better rubber blanket ballpark. Try and say that. I, I I'll just rubber say that. Uh, well, oh, um, you. David and Vince will understand me whenever I say this. It's nothing like. Uh, oh Batman God! Year one. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not. Or born again. 
Well, I know exactly what you mean, Chris. <laughs> Have you finally read year one? Well, <laughs> well preg- uh, pregnant pause. It's funny you should ask, but I do have a huge thanks to give out this week. Uh-huh. Um, after the episode a few weeks ago where I incredulously told the world I had not read Batman Year One, our boy, friend of the show, all-around great guy Zach Cruzy, creator oh. of The Contingent and DCBS employee, sent me a copy of Batman Year One. And wow. uh, so nice. thanks very much to Zach. And so, yes, I have read Batman Year One now. So I now and, know what you're talking about. And? It was freaking amazing. What do you say? Okay, thank you. You know, it's one of those things like I, I presume since everyone was baffled that I hadn't read it, they've, everyone's read it and knows how awesome it is, so I don't need to talk about it for too much. But it's amazing. It's, I mean, okay, look, it, you know, as joking last week about how I've seen enough Batman origin stories, well, this was the Batman origin story that they all should be like because this was phenomenal. I mean, to that's, see Batman. That, that, that's, that's the Batman. That's there's Batman. No, yeah. That's, yeah, there's no need it. to do an origin story again. Totally, totally. It's I been mean, done. See Bruce Wayne be completely flawed and, you know, almost get himself killed every mission out because he hasn't figured it out yet. To see Gordon, you know, being, again, human, you know, to obviously make mistakes, to to not be a completely moral person, but, you know, still be good at his heart, to... It just was the probably the most human Batman story I've ever read. Now, again, I, I say that with the caveat that I've read a small, small, small fraction of Batman stories. But Well, the, the question I would have, because you are, for being a, an uber comic book fan, you're kind of probably in a fairly unique position of having seen Batman Begins before you read Batman mm-hmm. 1. Mm-hmm. Did you see the similarities in story I- and... I did. It's funny you say that because I actually had not read Long Halloween before I saw the movie as well. And okay. then I read Long Halloween, and you guys know how I feel about Loeb. And I thought, yeah. wow, a lot of the stuff from Batman Begins is from Long Halloween. But now I realize that a lot of the things Loeb uses in Long Halloween <laughs> yeah. somehow actually yeah. from Batman Year One. So I feel a little better about it now because I, it makes a little more sense now. I mean, the things like, obviously, Falcone and his sister. I mean, you know, a lot of the... Um, Captain you know, it's yeah, exactly. Captain Gordon. Um, it is different in, in a lot of ways. I mean, probably the biggest way being that in the movie, uh, Harvey Dent, you know, Gordon knows Batman and then Harvey wants to get in on the action. In, in the in, in Batman Year One, Harvey's got the relationship with Batman and then Gordon gets brought in. So, um, yeah. But, dude, what can he say? I mean, uh, the, the art's freaking redonkulous. I mean, yeah. not only is it, is, it, is it illustrated beautifully, but the coloring is fantastic. I mean, again, talk about creative use of coloring. I don't know if you, if you guys – if it's been a while since – but it stuck out to me. I mean, there are panels that are all purple. You know, there are panels that are just oh. – again, it's just not conventional. Let's make the coloring fit the realistic way it would look. It's it's very much sets the mood. Uh, it's, just, it's an amazing book. It's totally worth the praise. Yeah. I mean, it's, every bit of praise and reputation, it was worth it. So David and Vince can probably correct me if I'm wrong here, but it, to my recollection, I mean, that is really where Commissioner Gordon, well, I mean, it was Captain Gordon, obviously, but that's where the Gordon character really became three-dimensional. It, he was a fairly two-dimensional character up into year one, and that, that he really, really gained a lot of depth in that series. Would you guys agree? I have to admit, that's where Gordon became a favorite yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. To to my tastes, Gordon was always a pawn, a player before that in someone else's story, but Mm -hmm. he became more real Mm -hmm. in that in that tale. Yeah, David. Yeah, yeah, he was. 
he was he was there. He flicked on the signal, and and Batman's okay. What's what's going on, Commissioner? And and uh, I mean, before this, I think I think right before year one, I was enjoying uh, Mike Barr and Alan Davis and Paul Neary on Detective Comics because that was when still um, before uh, before Jason Todd was a prick. Before um, you know, this was Gordon used to smoke cigarettes. And uh, and and Batman treated him with a pipe, and and they 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 looked like they were trying to make him, I guess, more of a supporting character than he was. And then your one came on, and and that pretty much put the kibosh on everything that that they were doing in in the Bat books. And so they're starting over, obviously. And Gordon was a lot more fleshed out from the beginning because even if um, as as the series went, I mean, he wasn't a big player in. Legends of the Dark Knight, but as far as his appearances in Batman, it was um, it was it it didn't it wasn't just all of a sudden like Batman and Alfred. There was right, right. Gordon was a part of that team. He he wasn't just someone who you know like the dude from the TV show. He, he was yeah. he was a member of of uh, of his cast of characters, not just some dude who sits behind a desk. Or like I said, just just turns on the bat set. I mean, I, it was interesting seeing. Um, Selena, the prostitute, but it oh, was still, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Miller's got to put his mark on everything. So it, but it was, um, no Gordon, as far as from, from your one on, no, yeah, it, it major, major player in, in, uh, in O'Neill did a lot of good oh. things with Gordon too. Don't oh, yes. we, we, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but never, I don't think he ever pushed him to the forefront like Miller did. No, you, you year year one there'd be a huge gaping hole without Gordon in that. Yes, and 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 usually you could say you can't say the same thing about the older stories where Gordon, yeah, he played a part, but the the story would not suffer had he not been in it. Year one definitely would. Eleven o'clock comics, Logan from Regina, the city that sounds like fun. Batman, wow. This is a great week for Batman. Red Robin rocked. Dick Grayson over in Batman was fantastic. Looking forward to this relaunch. Looking forward to see Batmania hit the DCU. Batman and Robin, cool art. Great story. Batman cracking jokes. I don't want to see too much of that. Damien, slap him around a little bit. Alfred, that guy's cool. Almost as cool as Vince. Well, maybe a little cooler. Yeah, definitely cooler than Vince. But Vince is cooler than Damien. Most times. Yeah, I'm I'm looking through Uh it right now, and it is... I mean, it's almost even page to page that this is a Jim Gordon story as much as it is a Batman mm-hmm. or Bruce oh, Wayne story. I agree. This was really a Gotham story, which was the cool part of it. I mean, it yeah. was, yeah. it was, uh, and I love that. And the other thing is that it did create so many layers for these characters. Because again, at, for me, Gordon has other than the movies, Gordon has pretty much been as you said. You know, let's light the light, and let's. You know, he's sort of the symbol for justice. He's the. Imp- uh, he always struck me as the 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 lone pure source of justice in Gotham, which which clearly is probably a, a, was not 
a fair characterization of him. But the cool thing, and this is, you know, it establishes that there's a reason why he comes to Gotham. You know, why this virtuous cop is mm-hmm. in Gotham, and it's his last chance because he was a snitch. And you know, my dad was a cop, and right or wrong, obviously a guy that rats out someone else to IA is going to be viewed as a snitch, whether yeah. it was justified or not. So it makes sense, you know, that he's there and he he's conflicted because he's got a wife and a you know baby, and it's it's you know, did he make a mistake going there? And then the coolest part is when he you know he fights back. You know, the the dudes beat him down. Uh, to try oh, his partner? That was yeah, awesome. And then he, and then he, and then he gaffles his partner. He beats, give, mm-hmm. you know, gives him a thump down. It's badass, you know? I mean, I just... And, and you can even see, like, he's he's even saying he's, you know, when he first meets the guy, that he's watching him rough up the informant because he's like, I'm, he just... He makes some comment about, I'm, I'm you know, I'm just following this away because he, he's, he's memorizing the guy's fighting techniques mm-hmm. so that if he has to take him down, he knows how. And then, sure enough, a little while later, he gives, you know, his giant partner the beatdown. It's great. Great stuff. Cool. Now, now let me ask you guys. What I want to ask you though is because is there anything else like shortly after that that run? Did either I don't I don't again in my ignorance here I don't no. think Miller. There's nothing else that compares to it. I mean, is there a oh, compares well, to killing uh, say if They followed up. Yeah, I mean, kind of everything since then. Um, it's trying to it, live up it to built, it. it. Well, <laughs> and, and, and it built onto it. I mean, even I mean, yeah. not only. Because Legends of the Dark Knight was, I mean, it it went on an awfully long time. If it's supposed to be, you know, Bruce as Batman early on, I mean, after, I'm not, and and this doesn't compare to it, but you had, you did have a year two, and of course a year three. But there's oh, a year one point five. Yeah, Detective Comics had year two, and that had art by McFarlane. Um, oh, the yes, right? um, yeah. the. Uh, Matt Wagner did a year 1.5, and that was the two miniseries that came out a year or two ago, Mad Monk and, uh, and the other one, oh, Monster Men. Oh, okay. So that, that picks up, even though those are based on actual stories that appeared early on in Detective Comics, like probably in the, um, in the 30s or 40s issue numbers, um, they expand those storylines, the Mad Monk and, and the Hugo Strange Monster Men storyline. Are they good? Yeah. Well, uh, you don't, don't ask me. You know, honestly, yeah. I, I think um, um, the Robin year one and the Batgirl year one are yeah. nice compliments to it. Doesn't have the depth, doesn't have the weight that Batman year one does, but they're very nice compliments to it. They 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 fit together easily enough. And if you just want to take a week and say, "Yep, I'm reading some really good Batman stories," and you want to go to you know pretty fairly continuity-free versions, I think I think the 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 Batman, the Robin, and the Batgirl Year One are mm-hmm. all really good. See, that's the it's, thing about Batman stories, though. There are a lot of good Batman stories to very good Batman stories, but there are very very few great Batman stories. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight year Returns, one, Dark Knight, year, yeah. year One, Killing Joke, and Arkham mm-hmm. Asylum. Those are yeah. great Batman stories. And I've now read all four great Batman stories. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think Killing Joke compares to Year One. Um, uh, it's, it's a little bit, um, it's a little brief in comparison. Well, yeah. Um, uh, obviously, I mean, um, you know, art-wise, you, you can't complain with Brian Boland. Um, I don't yeah. know. I, but as as far as import though, <laughs> what, what? Hold on. yeah, hold on, no, wait, I, explain. <laughs> it, it it feels it doesn't. Um, if you want to say it's great, I agree. If you want to say you know the art's fine, the, the the writing is stunning. As far as 
I'm I'm looking at it from here's again using your one as the starting point. It doesn't feel like a even though it's years later. It really doesn't feel to me looking back a a natural progression of of Bruce and and Jim's or Batman and Gordon's relationship. I don't I don't see that Gordon as the same Gordon that was in year one. No, it's no, not, it's, a, it's not yeah, the same yeah, Gordon. I know yeah, it's yeah. not. I know, but that's what there, I'm saying. There have been years that have hardened both of those dudes. That that that's what I think. That's what Miller was trying to illustrate. There's a tension between Batman and Gordon in in Killing Joke that's not but that was, really but apparent. I, but I I then then what about then then where's the Dark Knight fit in? Because the Dark Knight's years later is after that. Yeah, but Dark Knight may may not even be in continuity. It, it's not that that, that, I, that could be. I, a, no, it's well, not. I it, don't know about well, that. Well, oh, well, Reagan's not president. Reagan's dead. No, just, but there, uh, there, there are no, there are things in Dark Knight Returns that they've they've kept, like Gordon's marriage, you know, little pieces of, of things that and and the, the the Robin thing. But as far as Killing Joke, you have an event that happens in there that is in continuity to this yes. day. Yes, and it's and it it altered not only Barbara Gordon's life but the lives of everybody around her. But then, okay, but see, then then then, and this is DC's tricky continuity is is barbara his daughter oh gordon's daughter yeah yeah i don't know i never thought it was in question i thought she was gordon's daughter from his first wife but in the killing in, in year one mm-hmm. is the child male or female it's a boy yeah yeah and so so where does barbara come in who knows? I don't, I don't know. know. I was going to say, does this boy is he around at all ever, or is this the only time we see I, him? I want, I, I, you know, part of me wants to say the the his his son died. Oh, ouch! Well, oh. and and if I'm not mistaken, in Batman Begins the movie, I thought it was weird that uh, his wife. It's a boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there's that. Bar- bar- yeah, Barbara's in the movie. Um, you know, a, a bigger Batman story, which I really enjoyed a lot. It's more of a modern one, and it's one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, no Man's Land. It's mm. it, if you want to get into a into a more sprawling look at Batman and the larger Batman universe. I really like No Man's Land a lot. See, and I think I, I think I like the uh, the prequel to that. I think I like Cataclysm more. Okay, now I've never read Catholic. Especially, especially with the Buckingham art. And that's the um that's the um the earthquake, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um which seemed yeah, to go I, on forever. It did. It was long. It was long <laughs> and it tied it to everything bat related and just like and it was kind of a predecessor because just like uh just like the big two will come out with events and and try to tie it in with a mini or a one shot. They they did it in Cataclysm. You had a an, an all villains one shot and, and it yeah. tied into that. So any any way they could tie in a Batman book, even if they had to create it for Cataclysm, they did. Even oh, Catwoman sure. tied into yes, it. Yes, yeah. Jim yeah. Yeah. Well that's the thing about uh about No Man's Land. I mean it's it's Detective and Batman and Robin and Nightwing and Yeah. It's it's every Bat Family book um, funnels into it, but it, it's a really nice look at that era of comics, which we're going back what almost ten years ago now to yes. no Man's Land, 
and you're going to see a really nice mix of of different writers and artists that that have become kind of household names for comic book fans. It's some it's some of Rucka's earliest work, uh, and and who and and you can find you can just go read the the novelization. Yeah, he yeah he did the novelization for it, didn't yep. he? Yep. Yeah, um, that's all. When it was all under the the Denny O'Neill. Was was running the bad office at the time, and then yeah. you go through and you look at the at the the writers and the artists that were working on on all of the Bat Family books. It's 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 a pretty interesting time that uh, for what was going on in that office. But uh, No Man's Land is very cool. Yeah, it's no Contagion though. Come on, <laughs> I don't know what Contagion is. Uh, and <laughs> you're better off. Laugh. You're better off for it. That actually, yeah. Joker's last <laughs> laugh wasn't that bad. I have, I have a story with uh, with Ed McGinnis art from that. I think it was a Nightwing issue. I have some uh, listener email. Actually, it's uh, was posted on our Libsyn blog page. Get out of here! Is it from Cameron Stewart again? No, no, and it's not, uh, it's not a solicit. <laughs> no, it's not a solicitation to buy Wow Gold. Wow, every man must buy Wow Gold. No, it's from someone named Miguel Augustine, and he I said. Know. Hi, Miguel. He says, might I just say that your podcast has been a great listen this past month, past few months, actually. More power to you guys. On a side note, since most of the crew are familiar with some old Filipino artists, here are some websites that showcase their work, which I think you might not know of. Just sending out a signal from the other side of the world. And he gives two earls for two uh, websites that feature the artists he's talking about. Some of my favorite artists, and I know David's and you other to wackos. So what I'm going to do is I'll reproduce these links within our uh, show notes and on the uh, forum page for this episode. Uh, and he says, I might suggest an online comic by inker Jerry Angulian, Ellen Gulian, and it's called Elmer. It's a great read, and it's in English. How about that? And he gives, hey, it, cool. and he gives us the website address for that. And he says, thank you. Looking forward to more episodes. So from Miguel Augustine, thank you very much. All How right. About that? Thanks, yeah. It's Back. always good to hear the feedback. That's not That's about nice. World of Warcraft gold. So, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't understand the logic behind that, just dropping... Do they think that someone who is actually considering reading feedback on a podcast is going to be, wow, I can get World of Warcraft gold really cheap here? I don't get it. But I also don't play just, uh, World of Warcraft. so I was reading that um, Facebook's going to do about $500 million in revenues this year, and about 125 of it, about 25% is coming from virtual goods, as baffling as that is. So, so people are... People are always willing to pay for shit. <laughs> wow. pay for I think you're right. Price tag on it, they'll buy it. What's that about? I don't know. So, so uh, I, I read some. Uh, this is. I'm just going to touch upon this briefly because if we went in depth in this, it would be redundant considering Chris and company touched upon this. But this weekend, I read a mound of Swamp Thing. A oh, hu- cool. Oh, a huge amount. I read The Saga of the Swamp Thing, book one. And I also read the DC Comics Classics Library, Roots of the Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say that it's amazing how much of the original series Alan Moore has changed in hindsight with one simple tweak of the origin story. One tiny little little tweak, and everything that came before has changed. Interesting. Yep. Have you ever read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing? 
Uh, no, we, no, we, we've, I've not read any Swamp Thing. Never one, one, one title of it. Although, well, really? I, so, so, yeah. so you don't, you don't follow our suggestions I, on our economics. I, I, I see. I, I, I see do. In fact, okay. dude. In that's fact, not a, no, 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 no. That, that's fine. No, no. Listen, I, actually, <laughs> I listened intently to the book of the month, and I was all set to order it and follow along. And this is a nitpick. And it's our sponsor, so I don't want to nitpick too much, but I sure wish that in-stock trades took PayPal. That's all I'll say. Hey, guys. It's Nathan again. Uh, I've been mainly a Marvel guy for the last, oh, 10 years or so. And uh, I started recently reading other comics. And uh, just about two weeks ago, I started getting back into DC again. Well, I took everyone's advice, and I started reading Superman books. And i got to say that World of New Krypton is fantastic. Some of the best comics I've read so far this year. And also, I really, and I'm really enjoying Flash Rebirth as well. And, uh, and that's all. So thanks a lot. Thanks for the advice. Deuces. In short, Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson set up Alec Holland as this bio- botanist, biologist, scientist who is researching a biorestorative formula which would grow plant life in areas hitherto unable to grow plants. Like in the middle of the desert, it would be a lush tropical paradise able to grow food for starving people. So he, he has this altruistic slant in trying to serve mankind, but there's a bunch of nasties out there that want this formula and they sabotage the lab. A couple sticks of dynamite blow up. Holland is roughly 18 inches away from this and he is now on fire, runs into the swamp, and because the biorestorative formula mixed with all the plant life in the swamp, he became the swamp thing. But Alan Moore typically did a tiny little tweak. When the bomb went off, Alec Holland died. Mm-hmm. And he Swamp Thing has been live his whole existence is nothing more than a plant that thought he was a man. The consciousness of Alec Holland seeped into the plant life, and the the, the plant thought that he was a man, or at one time was a man. But Alec Holland died. So everything that came before is cast into doubt. Like there, there there's a lot of instances in the original Swamp Thing that are really funny when you think about it now because say in in the issue with the um the patchwork man Swamp Thing's so worried about him himself being strangled the the Frankensteinish monster has his hands around Swamp Thing's throat and he's squeezing and Swamp Thing's like oh I can't breathe he didn't need to breathe he was a plant <laughs> you know yeah. and and with the the like the werewolf story the werewolf is ripping chunks of swamp thing out from his back and he's like oh, i can't take too much more of this yes you could you could grow a body two feet away <laughs> you know so all of the events of the first book are like when when you read it in hindsight it's it's not funny but it's kind of yeah, it's kind of comical. All the pain, the the ele- plant elemental, because that's what it he was, is. It was it was all created by his mind, right? Because he thought actually, he was at one which, time human, which, which actually wasn't even a brain. Exactly. Huh. It's so Alan Moore's like yeah. Mephisto. <laughs> he, uh, no, the, it was no, it was actually done in an intelligent way. He's no um, Garth Ennis, though. Yeah, but <laughs> I think, and this is just me being my, my bias because. 
we all have these familiar travel destinations that we like to go to every once in a while where the landscape is is comfortable and we've been there a bunch of times and we know what to expect swamp thing is, is is that for me i can revisit these things many many times and it's just like going home again i, I mm-hmm. the, the alan moore version and the len ween version are two of my f- most favorite series and i have to say it, yeah, it's it, probably it, the one time an origin was tweaked that made it even better than the original. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's not even an origin. It's 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 a it's a you don't want to call it a retcon. It's just a a revelation. And you know, it was absolutely brilliant what he did. But um, I've never read the 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 Wayne Wrightson run of that, oh, which wow. was what the first the first nineteen issues, and they had a, there there was some stuff that that dated before the actual no, series. No, uh, I mean, Wrightson didn't last nineteen issues. Okay, he, well, yeah, I think Al he Cal- only uh, no Nestor Redondo. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, he uh, Wrightson only lasted ten issues. Ten awesome issues. Ten, ten beautiful issues. Yeah. Ten groundbreaking <laughs> issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it's funny, one of the things that we had uh, that we had kind of mentioned uh, whenever we did our, our book club on it was that uh, you can tell that uh, Steve Bissett really loved drawing Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. Like, really loved drawing Swamp Thing. Not so much the other characters. Did you know that he was he was royally pissed off when he had to draw the Justice League? He didn't want them in it. Oh, really? And, and neither did John Totalbin, from what Steve says on his blog. But uh, And I don't think it was a decision by Alan Moore. Edits... You can kind of tell. Oh, come on. Steve's a master. He, uh, Firestorm looks kind of fucked up. You know, I, that's one of those things, again. He's got a flaming head. <laughs> you, we, you, you have Mazzucchelli and Miller on Batman Year One, a, a yeah. picture-perfect picture creative team. I think Totalbin, Bissett, and Alan Moore, I don't think there's many creative teams that were as perfectly matched as those guys. Oh, I, I absolutely, it's, uh, when we were talking about it, I said there are some of my favorite, absolute favorite pages are in, are in that book and some other pages. And I'm just like, wow, okay, not, not so much. But I mean, the good definitely outweighs the bad on it. Um, you can just see that they, they wanted to focus on Swamp Thing. It was mm-hmm. about that character. It was about his condition. It was, it, that's what they wanted to focus on. And yeah, you, you just tell that you know weren't real interested in having Firestorm in the book or you yeah. know Clark or or anybody else. But, I think uh, that was editorial at the time that kind of pushed Alan to use the Justice League to kind of tie the book a little bit into DC Universe continuity, which was weird considering they pulled it out of DC continuity not long after that. Not just pulled it out, absolutely forbade the two from uh, from connecting. Yeah, after way. after the Batman story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, what, after... Because um, I know that uh, you know, Thomas told me that Swamp Thing shows up in Crisis, and there's mm-hmm. a, an actual Crisis crossover. Was it after Crisis? Was that about the time that um, that Vertigo started and Swamp Thing right. really became a, a Vertigo title, and yeah. then they, they decided to totally disconnect the two universes, mm-hmm. I guess? Yeah, um, not too long after that, after Crisis, Swamp Thing gets pretty much drunk with power, and Batman makes an appearance. And I think pretty much that Batman appearance is the last ties to the the DCU, other than the Demon and and Phantom Stranger and you know the uh, supernatural heroes and villains. So nice. yeah, but talk about taking a, a Z list villain in the Floronic Man 
and hmm. making him a crucial part of of Swamp Thing's origin. Oh yeah, uh, without it's, it's, the Woodrow. Woodrow. Yeah, he he basically gives the Swamp Thing a reason to to exist. Ah, sa- sa- not, sa- saves him. Moore's a genius, and Len Wein was pretty much a genius too. Let's not what, discount Wien, the original team. Len Wein remained the editor on that book as well. Right, and Wrightson artists spend their entire careers trying to perfect a style. Bernie did it in less than half his lifetime because he was pretty young when he did Swamp Thing maybe late 20s very early 30s if that and his style is fully formed on that book he is just an amazing ungodly talent master of light and shadow but anyway so yeah I I read both of those Swamp Things had a hell of a time this weekend and I also and this is from left field uh, at the flea market this Sunday I bought a little stack of Harvey comics yay yeah, hot yeah. stuff, spooky. Uh, I think I got a Casper. And Any that, Richie Rich? No, I'm not too hot okay. on Richie Rich. All right, huh? I, I was right. never. Don't never, sleep on Dollar, dude. Yeah, I was never Cat big in, into Harvey Comics, but oh. now I'm kind of regretting that because I don't know nearly enough about that company as I feel I should. You really don't. No. So what I'm going to do is somewhere down the line, I'm going to do a little bit of digging, investigating, and I'm going to come back with a short investigation, let's say, on Harvey Comics. Because Ernie Cologne, I love that guy's work, and he is all over Harvey Comics. So mm-hmm. that that's the, the doorway into the, the investigation is Ernie what Cologne. Were, what were some of the Harvey Comics? Jeez, Richie Rich, yeah. um, hot, hot stuff, hot stuff Casper. Spooky, Casper, Wendy. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, um, the what? The, what was the name of the Ghost Brothers? Were they called the Ghost Brothers? Like uh, the the dudes that were always they had their, they had Casper. Their own I think Caspers? so. Okay. At one time, yeah. Uh, sad um, sack. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> sad, sad sack. Which, if you uh, listen to uh, Jeff Parker on the Word Balloon <laughs> uh, episode, uh, hates sad sack. Sad sack was terrible. Oh. <laughs> That according to Jeff Parker. What else? Uh, about, um, um, Little Lulu. Lulu. There you ba- go. Baby uh, Huey. Huey. Right, that big it. retarded duck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With the bonnet. <laughs> credit goes to Evan Dorkin for that one. A giant retarded <laughs> duck. And it's the same thrust as what Carl Barks did with Uncle Scrooge. Just because they're funny animal comics does not make them bad comics. Right. They are they are some of the best comics out there. And uh, reading the hot stuff, it, it was akin to a revelation for me. These are damn good comics. Why did I not pay attention to these back in the day? So I'm going to try and rectify that. Yeah, I'm can't a big fool. It. Can't read it all. No, you can't. And, and that's one th- one of the things I said to Chris Reel when he tweeted uh, the fact that they're going to IDW is going to reprint the Archie collections. I said, yeah. Now here's what you do: go after the Harvey stuff, because I don't think Dark Horse has the license, or they're if they do, they're not doing anything with it. They did a bunch of Harvey reprint books, big, huge, essential esque volumes of thick but they're black and white reproductions of the harvey work if chris real can get the harvey license and do color i mean he'll corner the market they have little orphan annie dick tracy they're going to be doing um peanuts right yeah no fanographics has peanuts that's right yeah and and now they're doing archie on top of some of the uh steve canyon don't they have steve canyon 
What was the one? Steve on Popeye. Uh, Fanographics does Popeye. Oh, too. Uh, Vince, you had Spooky, the tough little ghost, the ghostly trio. Ghostly Pearl. trio. That's the one. Ghostly yeah. damn trio. I didn't... pronounced Poil by Spooky because of his Brooklyn style accent. <sighs> right, right. right. Uh, there's okay. Nightmare here. was the ghost Slap horse. Pop. Okay. Oh, that's cute. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's it. Rags Rabbit. Uh, Slumbo the Giant, Tommy Tortoise, and Mo Hare. They even had a little dalliance with superhero comics at one time. B Man, I think right. even Isn't Kirby. That circle stuff? They had. Uh, no, no, that, that was, was Archie. Archie. No, uh, oh. Jack Kirby even worked for Harvey at one time doing with, with Joe Simon doing 3D Man. Oh, really? Yeah. Who did uh, The Spirit of 76? Spirit of 76. Wow. Jeez, should I know? No, well, it's. Um, it was uh, it was written. Oh, oh, the artist was Bob Powell. Bob Powell, yikes! I should yeah. know. Uh-huh. Everyone should know that. Uh, but yeah, so a very underappreciated company. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, when 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 the 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 greats of the great companies are the names are are bandied about Marvel, DC, you know. But Harvey seems to get the short end for some reason, and I want to know and, um, why they do, and because it was mostly you know. When you have books like Little Lotta, Little Dot, I mean, it, yeah, it's these are the books that I don't know the the kids would read while Dad's getting a haircut at the barber shop. I mean, there wasn't anything. There was they were all like Archie short stories. You know, you had maybe two two stories in in a comic book. More um, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, you had. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like it, the art style was different. And that, and obviously Ernie Colon can adapt to just about oh, anything. Ernie, I, mean, I, re- I remember amazing. him on the Legionnaires three on on, on Battlestar uh, Galactica, Amethyst. the original okay. story. Yes, Amethyst. Oh, I'm, I you know so you have you have a lot of these, but obviously I mean you got and you have some you had some great artists working at at um, at Archie also. But right. you know you mentioned you mentioned Harvey and even though I wouldn't call Charlton the same. You know <laughs> they're too different. But I mean you've had people like Dick Giordano. Got his start Sutton. at Charlton. John oh, yeah. Byrne with Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch. Yep. Hot Wheels. Um, yep. You just, you, you, so, yeah, I mean, Harvey's a little different from some of the others we could mention, like Charlton, like Red Circle, like early DC and Marvel, but it's it's still, I mean, it, well, this is what this is what this show's all about. We're talking comics, man. So whether it's Richie Rich or Planetary and Top Dog and, and uh, or G.I. Joe, Bring it. And here, I'll tell you exactly what I got. Hot Stuff number 125. It's a quarter from um, 74. I got Spooky Spooktown number 42, another quarter book for 52 pages. Get out of here. Spooky Haunted House, another Spooky Haunted House, and a copy of Tough Ghosts starring Spooky for 12 cents. I think it's like 68 or 67. Mm-hmm. Let's see, 66. But the thing that kills me, all of these artists are uncredited. So if, mm-hmm. if if you liked a particular yeah. artist style, you didn't know who it was. You didn't know who wrote it. You didn't know who colored it, who drew it, nothing. So we have come a long way. What what year were these? Late 60s to early 70s. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yep. So like I said, mm. going to do a little bit of snoop and see what's up with Harvey. Good stuff, my friend. Hey, guys. This is Rick from Chi-Town area. Hey, just listening to number 59. Listen to this guy from Canada, Regina. You know, look, man, you know, these guys have lives, families, and they got money. You, know, you have any idea how much dough Neesman pulls in? And Brian? The man's a pimp. You know, he's swimming in dollars. You know, these guys got trades to fill up Vince's swimming pool. So they'll get around to it, man. Just relax. So just... Listen, Regina, get a job and get a grip. 
And don't pussy out and stop listening just because Neesman said, fuck you. Oh, boo-hoo. All right. Later. My buddy David, you were expressing some confusion as to the uh, end of Messiah Complex? Can, can, Messiah War. Can, Messiah, can, I'm sorry, Messiah War. That's okay. Um, not so much confusion upon the reread, but um, but still some, some dislike, mostly in, in the... Uh, in the art area, I know, I know, I know you love Clayton Crane. I'm not gonna, it's... I'm not gonna uh, discount your opinion just because I like. No, and, and I know, and and none of us do that. I mean, we're not gonna, I'm not about to start that shit. But it was, um, David said. I shit. mean, there there was some. There, I did. I there was just there. There were a couple of panels that were stunning that you could kind of, that I think he he put a lot into it, like uh, like when Apocalypse. And his horseman show up. His horseman mm-hmm. shows up. Um, Don't ruin but it. Then, but then, that's why I didn't say anything. But okay. then you have, um, but then you have other other panels like where where bishops getting his quote unquote comeuppance, or uh, or Cable's doppelganger is getting beat on by his father. And oh, um, I love. Are you talking about the Kroom panel with the big sound effect across the lower? portion of the panel no i think before then oh okay not 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 that part that panel's Um, gorgeous there elixir there were there were uh there were panels with with uh what's his name josh i and and even even x23 it's like there are just some panels there where i to me in my eyes they they just kind of look unfinished or Mm. or rushed or i have an answer to just kind of blend i read it i read the entire thing over again because if you had all, all some seven contr- chapters, no, the last three oh, you were the talking issue. about. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and um, I will admit, from the point where the story kind of resolves and someone leaves with someone else, mm-hmm. it is a little ambiguous as to what's going on. Yeah, but it makes sense a little bit more on the second read. But on the subject of the panels looking unfinished. I kind of sussed out Clayton Crane's working methods. If you notice, the panels that are kind of loose always have motion in them. He's not illustrating the characters so much as he's illustrating the motion. The the action, the stagnant panels where someone is speaking and they're just standing there, he always puts this layer of ultra detail on them. But if you look at the panels during the fights... They're very gestural. Like sometimes the facial features aren't even rendered. He's he's actually right, pa- right. painting the speed that the character's moving, not so much the character. I mean, I know you can't have one without the other, but take a good look at the panels. When when Wolverine claws at someone's face, mm-hmm. it's almost a blur. You, yes, you, you just see the 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 barest detail in the face. The the most important thing is is there. Wolverine clawing at somebody's face, but it's it's the speed at which he's moving and the the impact of the the hit that he's really illustrating. In, in my mind, I mean, no, I, c- I could I mean, totally I could... understand why some people could see this as unfinished part of it. The mm-hmm. but but then what happens at the what about the last page? And I'm not talking about the the Olivetti page. Uh, okay, I, um, that confused me a little bit. But and this won't ruin it for in, for anyone who's reading this series. I think the person on the last page is going back for Boom Boom. 
Yes, I do too. And and as and and when the team splits up, you know, Wolverine has a team going to the UN and has a team going for Boom Boom, right? And because they don't know what happens after they left, and that's fine. But it was still. I mean, it helps that you got to see the one character, and when they disappear, it does say present day. Mm-hmm. So 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 Kyle and Yost, and 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 I mean, I I know. This couldn't have been an easy storyline with with these two artists that that tend to do everything on their own, for, for, from pencils to colors, and right and uh, two singular visions. That, that, as you said early on, yeah, and it makes that's what makes this series special. It's um, and Olivetti has gotten better on cable as the months have gone on. The uh, but you know what? I'm an Olivetti fan, and his work next to Clayton Crane's because they juxtapose each issue next to the work of the other artist, right? Olivetti's work next to Crane looks stiff. It looks stagnant. The backgrounds it, it are lifeless. It, yes, I, I'll, I'll say it looks stiff. Absolutely, especially as, as you just explained with with the motion and, and the way he tries to paint everything. Uh, but it just I I um, I understand wanting to, and I think Quietly did this a little bit in in the first, especially in the second issue of Batman and Robin. But there are things that that you know when there's a fight scene going on, it's going to be hectic. You're 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 not supposed to follow the action like like, like the first Transformers movie. You don't know what robot was hitting who and what was going on. It was it was fast. It was it was kinetic. Yeah, I think, it was, it was, it was I think f- that's kind of a fault of the filmmakers. But yeah, well, go ahead. I understand. But, it, but it's it, but it, in a comic book where you can actually stop and look at. What's going on in the panel? I shouldn't have to squint and 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 imagine what the artist was trying to finish or supposed to finish art-wise, and it's just a big dark mess because well, it's 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 dark and and you're not supposed to see what's going on. It, it, it at times, and I'm not accusing Crane of this. I mean, it's it, other artists I've, in books that I've read. I I, I kind of see some shortcuts, and it's just it's I don't I don't want to have to finish your work. I don't I don't want to have to do the but job see, that's to- that's because you're basing your opinion on mm-hmm. other on what you know from other comic books i don't think there's anybody illustrating comic books mainstream comic books today like clayton crane he has a, no, a, a, a very unique approach where I agree with that he in picture the the one scene where well i'll just say that it, it won't ruin it apocalypse is holding hope and he's blasting Bishop with something. And Hope is basically just um, a, a dab of blue and a dab of red and a little bit of facial features, the barest facial features. But yeah. isn't that isn't that all you need to know based on what what if, what you know? For I mean, uh, the if, panel to the upper upper left is if a, the book was like it, that throughout. But if 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 there's actual panels where if someone's just standing still and all that detail is in you know Warpath or or Domino, then then why is it when I'm when 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 Eben is is holding hope that now all of a sudden now I just get some of her face because it doesn't matter you, who who else could, it, but who, it doesn't I, because how, you uh, he gives you enough voices on first name basis with Apocalypse well, that's cool. we're, we're tight we go back it, and Sabanur he gives you enough visual information for your mind to tell you that's Apocalypse holding hope to go into it with exasperating detail is redundant I'm not asking for exasperating detail but I don't I don't want two dots as a nose. I don't want yeah, no I'm lips. A fan. I, I, I'm a fan. But I have to say, though, Dave, it's funny, though, David, that only because, not to bring up a, a, a sore spot, but you're definitely in, I, in the minority for people that didn't seem to mind Larry Stroman's 
triumphant comeback to comics. And to me, I mean, that he does all the things you're talking about right now. I mean, you look at those pages. I mean, there are there are characters where he literally just puts a, a an ink blotch where the person's head's supposed to be because it's not a character that you're necessarily supposed to be focusing on. And to the point of it being grossly distracting to me. So I guess I'm just wondering if it's maybe the, something you're seeing with this particular artist because the style in and of itself isn't your cup of tea in the first place. Oh, the. If it's a character in the background, that's fine. But if Hope is the focus on this particular page or in this panel, mm-hmm. that's no, a difference. Now, now, no, she's not. But it's it's Apocalypse is holding her. Apocalypse is is in the panel, biggest day. The uh, I I haven't read the 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 lifetimes of of Lucas Bishop yet, so I haven't I haven't <laughs> seen Strowman since he are you going did to the X Factor issues eventually. <laughs> it's not a priority. <laughs> yeah, same here. So same here. Um, you know, so it's it's uh, so I haven't seen Strowman since X Factor, and and you know, and and we've heard that all you know this is his first time back in in ages, but it but but Strowman, whether you like the art or not, it was I think it was consistent throughout the issue. <laughs> well, well, whether you say I know it was I know it was think you know, <laughs> yeah, that, that's entirely and and that's and that's fine. But yeah, I don't agree with that. I I, I kind of agree with Dave, but I like Strowman's art just for the record. But I'm it's, sorry. But and 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 have you again, seen his X Factor work though? I don't think you're that far along, are you? I, I yeah, I've seen it. I I have. I think I have the hard. Is it in hardcover yet? Because I have all the X Factor hardcovers to date. So I don't think it is yet. But or X four X Factor. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. never mind. I just I just it just struck no, me. As- I don't. I don't. I don't. Um. I mean, Crane did uh, an Eddie Brock issue of Sensational Spider Man, and I've seen. I've seen. I I didn't read the the Ghost Rider minis he did with, with Dark. I don't. Ooh. I know. So I mean, I know. I, it's my undoing or whatever. You, it's, it's, it's my. No, actually, it's it, not. No, it's not no, your, no, there's no problem with you. It's, no, I'm, I, whether it, it, it makes me a bad guy or it, it, uh. Well, you're that some, without no, even No, no, this. you don't, but no, <laughs> I am, um, for, for, for lack of a better word, I'm a purist. I like, I, and if, if someone is going to, I'm not, I don't want to, Get into the whole, you know, technology or using shortcuts or Google SketchUp or anything like that. I, if if um, yes, I know it's hope that 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 he's holding. I I can make out images and I can I can associate figures and and you know if I see a silhouette of somebody and it's got ears and I know it's Batman or if it's got claws I know it's Wolverine. I I can I can make those assumptions, but I. When and if 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 Vincent and Wood are fine with you know just an outline of a nose and red hair and I know that that's hope okay but I I when I compare it to what else is in the issue what the other work he did in that book it it it's not cheap but it seems like it's it's just it's but, it's an easy way out okay but why are you comparing it to other panels it's does he, well, I'm, not, I'm just I'm just I just want to flesh this out. This panel has absolutely nothing to do with all the panels that come before or after. It's it's a singular moment in time where the focus of the panel is not Apocalypse and, and Hope, but it's Bishop getting pelted by whatever the hell he, he shoots him with. So it... it not see that's that then that's another thing i i don't again if if when when we start to use like lens flare filters and and photoshop tricks to show movement instead of speed lines or or the artist is using technology to do work that they used to do by hand i again 
I I feel cheated. I feel like you know they're just they're not they're not doing the work. The computer is. The technology is. Work smart, not hard. Okay. Well, you know, so Hollywood would have been awesome today. And I I just when I if the whole book if if all his figures look like that throughout the entire issue, I probably wouldn't have had a problem with it. But when I compare it to Apocalypse just standing there and he looks stunning and they could make a poster out of that figure and and now here's Wolverine and you're really not going to see Wolverine because he's moving really fast and okay fine I can get the movement and the motion but it's like I'm like like you just said work smart and and I here's three claws and now you know it's Wolverine and that's all you're going to see in this panel. Look, all I know is I think. What needs to be said is we need we need Scott Eaton on Uncanny and we need Ron Garney on X Scott Eaton on cable. Fine, I'll take that too. Um and Did you uh, did you read the cable Gulacy issue? Issue not yet. number number sixteen? Yeah. Yeah. Not the best Gulacy. Yeah, I know. I, I I flipped through it because when I after um I forgot that it, it came out and uh I was going through the books from the did it come out last week? Yes. And and I because um, I finished messiah war and then I, I i saw that cable was next and I, I started flipping through it and i'm like okay this is this is galacy and and oh all right i'll get back to that the uh i'm like well it's i think it's better than his nighthawk versus hyperion mini with guggenheim right it is but it's it's still not um and you know and and no one's gonna go back but it's it's not shang chi it's not it's not six from series it's not it's not the batman two-parter that he did that was gorgeous back in the 80s but it's it's um you know like i said it's ba- i i had i never checked out his Catwoman work so i don't know how to, what, how to compare it to that right it's it's not clayton crane Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but if but when uh i'm sorry in the in the cable issue and this uh-huh. is this is a nitpick because it just happens with crossovers um, Wolverine was pretty much not wearing his mask, but then X Factor starts off, and he's he's launching at uh, at the bad guy, and and there he is with with his mask yeah. on and everything. And 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 everything in the Olivetti issues looks way too clean, based on what you've seen. In it does, and bright, print. and bright. It yeah, looks like they all took a shower in between issues. Yes, and, yeah, and no, yeah. uh, Strife polished up the armor. Cable took a shave, you know, combed his hair. It it, it just. Stylistically, these guys are worlds apart. They they may have the same working methods, being uh, within the digital realm, but in terms of light, they're way different. Way way different. Yeah. But, yeah. And Domino's a hottie. They both draw Domino Hell really sexy. Yeah. It's my girl, really. dude. Okay, it's Matt. I'm back. You can tell I'm on the job. Um, because I was just interrupted by the person I was about to tell you about. Anyway, this is comics related. I swear to God. So I'm driving to this property where I'm standing now um, with the people who want to view. Elderly couple, um, Cockney, okay. <laughs> Elderly Cockney couple looking to downsize into a flat from a big house. And they were in the car talking about how they're going to have to get rid of all their stuff. And they talk about the loft. And I usually say, oh, I'm assuming you've got lots of stuff in your loft to clear out. And he said, oh, I forgot them comics. Comics, ears prick up. Um, oh, right. And usually I lie and say something like, oh, my son uh, collects comics, you know, just to get the conversation going. At which point he whips around and says, oh, we were going to give them to the charity shop. Oh, right. What have you got there? Oh, big box full of comics. My son is 38 and has been collecting comics since he was a little kid. We got loads. Oh, right. Like what? We've got Doctor Who comics. 
Fantastic. He's 38. Christopher Neesman, I'm calling you out. You need to email me and let me know what's going to be coming. And if you're interested. Uh, we've got Warlord Comics, Commando, uh, the Beano, the Dandy, some old Marvel stuff. Fantastic. I basically said, oh, oh, that's, that's great. You're going to give them to a charity shop, are you? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Um, well, rather than do that, I mean, my, my, my son's expressed an interest in, in sort of drawing, and, um, yeah, he really likes all of those characters. And, oh, we'd love to give them to a good home rather than have them go to the charity shop. Fantastic. All right? That bloke at the beginning of 1985, going to give them all away. My old man's going to give them all away. And he, you know, no, bollocks to that. Have them. So, anyway, I've got a big box of comics coming. Mr. Neesman, I have Doctor Who stuff on the way. I love old people's lofts. Awesome. They have clear outs, and um, there you go. So, anyway, I'll keep you updated. If a big box of comics arrives, I will give you a call. There you go. There's my story. I should get back to the office now and remember that I'm supposed to be doing my job. Anyway, goodbye. All right, let's talk about something Chris can chime in on. Yo, Chris. I think I think Chris has left the building. Nah, he's but, still there. Hey. Hey. It's all right. It's all right. The Cardinal game is almost over. It was, <laughs> it was good. You got to watch me in there. It's all... Well, I think we're towards the end anyway. So, so to continue the DC cast, I read Red Robin number one. Did you? Yeah, I did. I'm I'm and I'm conflicted. I've heard a lot of different things. What'd you? Hear? It, didn't, it didn't do much for me, but I just I'm not a huge Robin fan, so I've heard awesome. some guys say it was fantastic, and then other guys were like, "What?" I really like the first issue. I I it, it, this and um I got to throw this on on Renee's pile because she has Batman and Robin number one that I wanted to read, and and there's a scene from Amaze from one of the issues of um. Amazing, an American son that that I needed to read because Peter goes and talks to somebody. But this issue is going to join the other two. It, um, you you didn't see it yet, Vince? I've seen it. Okay, <laughs> you know who uh, you know who Ramon Box reminded me of in this issue? Who that? Tom Grummet. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, a lot, especially in the first double page spread. Yep. Um, yep. There was, uh, I I think, and broken record time. Ramon means an anchor badly. Uh, if I if it weren't for some Don't of the landmarks, all. yeah, yeah. If it weren't no. for some of the landmarks, um, <laughs> Clayton Crane don't need no damn anchor. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, Clayton Crane in this video game. I know you sure does. Uh, <laughs> the if it wasn't for any of the landmarks, I wouldn't tell that this story didn't take place anywhere other than Gotham. That nobody looks like okay. So he's in Spain, or he's in in Czechoslovakia, or he's in 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 Paris, and. Nobody, the people that are in here. Well, it's not like people in Paris walk around wearing berets. I mean, why not? I'm supposed to know. (laughs) Well, the striped shirt. No, it was was pretty good about you know saying Paris, you know, at the beginning or Barcelona. Chris Chris Claremont was writing this, so the um, (laughs) the the, because I can tell it's I can tell it's Paris because the Eiffel Tower is in the background. No, I I like there wasn't um it was a uh, I never felt lost as far as where it was. I didn't either because he told you where he was. Yeah. I, uh, so it, what's your it, point? Yeah, exactly. What's what you? Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, what's your <laughs> point? I don't know. I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, it. Uh, no, there I were don't. there were no fucking mimes. I could I had no idea we were in Paris. <laughs> Frogs oh, <I'm> everywhere. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't be. What are you sorry about? So, so what about? I mean, this this is is uh, Robin. 
in in the guise of Red Robin. Okay, what it's, what about what about the story was was good? No, I it, um, I mean he's uh, he's he's on a mission. He he kind of explains you know why he's doing what he's doing, where he's um why why he's wearing this costume. Uh, it flashes back. It just one flashback that that wasn't real smooth, but it um, it it you know it again lets you know that I think Yost has a pretty good handle on making uh, making Damien Dick. Not not that that's hard to do. It seems the um, it's uh, you know it it shows Dick still not having really any control over uh, over the people that that Batman easily. Was able to uh, to handle. Um, I mean, d- so it is pretty. Mo- it, 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 it it does tie in. It's, oh, okay. Um, yeah, it ties a, in. Yeah. Like you find out. Don't my my nitpick on it again, and I don't have a lot of experience reading Robin comics by by himself. But I guess, and I understand that. I don't understand though. The whole premise of that first issue is that he the stuff he, he he's so angry. The stuff he has to do, he doesn't feel he can do in the Robin costume because someone else is wearing the Robin costume. So he wants to get distance himself from that identity. So he mm-hmm. chooses fucking a, a character named Red Robin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and again, we have to remember that that character in and of itself isn't like it's got a big legacy in the mainstream DC universe. We saw it in Kingdom Come, unnamed. Yeah, the copyrights up. So right, yeah. we saw it Countdown, which is a debacle that DC. He's pretty much trying to pretend that ever happened. And other than that, there's really no history with Red Robin as having any significance. So couldn't they no, call the fucking it, well, it, it's it's the, fuck, it's the a, Falcon or fucking Peregrine? I don't know something. I mean, the Ally something. That's, well, th- you know, think, I mean, of it, th- think of it from the licensing standpoint. It's a cool outfit, and it's it's there. I think people have been very responsive to the to the actual outfit the character and so they see an opportunity maybe to to turn it into a a real licensed character i i fucking love the red robin look and i love the idea of the character ever since ever since kingdom come so i've got no problem i guess uh i guess tim's scars have healed since batman died Batman spoiler dad at the, everybody who's, uh, who's I mean, he's Tim, like he's he's like Matt Murdock of the DC Tim universe. He was all burnt up uh, at the end of his own series, and all of a sudden he's not anymore. So I guess he healed up. <laughs> well, he got a Alpha. couple. He got a new scar at the beginning of this one. True. True. Um, th- there's, I mean, I, model sheets are needed. There's a uh, there's one panel where he's got a utility belt with all these pouches like Jim Lee drew Batman having, but um, but then throughout the whole rest of the book, he's got the capsules on the belt. But other than that, I, I like I like box art here more than uh, more than I have recently. And um, the, the last page was was pretty neat. I mean, of all the uh, of all the bat books for the character to show up in, mm-hmm. I'm surprised it's this one. So uh, I think I think Yost is uh, is going to keep make, me entertained for now. Kind of mm-hmm. makes sense. I mean, it's kind of a you know an international character. I mean, whenever you're going to be oh he is running, yes yeah whenever you're going to be out running around in Europe that's that's but uh, why is he why is he following him and not his grandson? I mean, not that we don't know he doesn't have eyes well, we on don't, his yeah, grandson. I mean, it's, but, it just started. I mean, it's, I, I, it's and as we're saying, that, that's the whole point of the last page. So yeah, but I'm not I'm not down on it. I'm not uh, you know I, I I like it. I dig it. I have no. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at no you reading a bunch of bad books, praising outsiders, praising Red Robin. Yeah, because you know, Lord knows, I don't, I never read nothing else. I know, <laughs> Company Man. Seriously. All right, we're out of here, dudes. What do you say? In your travels, yeah. In your travels, why don't you go ahead and read Jack of Fables? Because it's good. Mm-hmm. And it the. 
Yes, uh, sex trade coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm a trade waiter on that one, so. Yep, Tony Akins is a pimp. With a P. Mm-hmm. With a P. <laughs> Read Wednesday Comics, because if you're not, then I... From Mark Ass Busta. I, I just don't have hope if you're not yeah. reading Wednesday comics because it's a it's a celebration of everything that that we that we hopefully love about comics. So mm-hmm. if you if you didn't try it out, I I, I I just don't know what to say. Or if you read it and you didn't like it, you might want to take a hiatus from comics. Or <laughs> come come to our forum and tell us why you didn't like it. Yeah, at, yeah, I'm, at, sure, uh, I'm sure. Eleven o'clock uh, comics dot com. <laughs> We'd be glad to have you. Bam. By all means, if you're looking for something not from the big two, uh, I implore you to read Echo by Terry Moore. It's uh, it, it is it has been excellent, and we haven't talked about it enough. So I don't know if we've talked about it at all. I, I, I think you're the only one reading it, aren't you? Uh, maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, David, are you reading it? Uh, no, I'm not. Not not uh, not at the moment. Okay, then you didn't do your read. I didn't uh, read. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm 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 at a loss right now because I I kind of talked about. Uh, I'm I'm kinda out of a freaking loop. Read um I'll alright, I'll do a tried and true. Read uh read Agents of Atlas. Oh yeah, please do. Before they take it away. Yeah, All right. yeah, definitely. Mm. <laughs> real. You know what? You know what? I think Agents is gonna be around for a while. I gotta You're I gotta hear folks. I gotta gut I gotta <laughs> I gotta hey, I got a gut feeling on it. Seriously. That's like funny. That was funny. <laughs> you heard it yeah. Uh, after we talked to Parker, it just seems like there is a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of love for that book at Marvel, and I think they, they sound pretty dedicated to it. As it should love be. Love for Captain Britain, too. We'll see. But I hope you're right, because it's yeah. damn good. So thank you very much for listening to us, and thank you again to DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. That's dcbservice.com. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. If you want to get your comic books at a significant discount, head on over to dcbservice.com and check it out. You will be very surprised at how cheaply you can get your books. Peace Bye-bye. out. Yes. Sorry, folks. Bye-bye. Thank you.